Okay, so I'm going to start this episode out with a couple of quick announcements slash comments slash updates about the show uh, because this is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode, so I felt like there was some time to sneak in a couple of announcements. But first, for those of you who are new here, you are listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Chapinar. And today, we are going to talk about going into a liquor store blind, and that's going to be the topic that we round out our Dry January with. For those of you who have been following along, we have been doing Dry January, no reviews, um, and also no little mystery reviews of a mystery whiskey uh, during the non-review episodes. But this should be the last episode aside from the Q&A episode for January. So in just a couple weeks, we'll be right back to doing reviews on the show. But first, I want to start off, like I said, with a few announcements. First, I do want to say thank you to everybody who's been supporting the show. I know I do say it pretty often, but I really do mean it uh, when I say that you guys really make it worthwhile making the podcast and it just feels really good when I get good positive feedback from people and you know emails from you guys when you join the email list leaving me a little message and letting me know that you like the show in the comments, on the TikTok, all of those things. It really does make it worth it, whether you realize it or not. And so I'm very appreciative for all of those kinds of comments. And I just wanted to say thank you because I do say it often sprinkled throughout the show, but I don't often just take a moment to actually really say thank you to all of my listeners. So thank you to you guys, even if you're just listening, if you're listening, if you're on the email list, if you follow along on TikTok, if you follow along on Instagram, any of those things. Uh, thank you so much for your help and your participation and your support. Uh, next, I did mention just now the email list, and so I wanted to reiterate that because it's at the end of every episode, but I think there are some people who aren't super sure about how to join it because I've had people ask. And so I wanted to mention that there is an email list for the show. I don't really spam you. It's only once a month to let you know the whiskeys that will be coming up in the following month. I may start to use it uh, for a little bit of added stuff, like maybe some surveys or something in the future uh, so that people on the email list have a first say as to the direction of the show. Uh, We'll see. But for now, it is just a monthly, basically, newsletter letting you know what whiskeys we'll be having on the show. That way, you have time to go out and get those whiskeys and drink right along with me and my guests and compare flavor notes. So if you want to join that, uh, you can join it by just sending an email to me at whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com and just put in the subject line email list. And from there, I will add you to the list and you should get a confirmation email. Sometimes it takes up to a day, maybe even two days if I'm really busy, uh, but I try to always get them typically after I get off work. I try to go home and add anybody to the email list who has joined for that day. So you should get a confirmation email. And lastly, I just wanted to mention ways that you can support the show. This is another thing that I say at the end of the show, but I just wanted to reiterate. There aren't currently any monetary ways to support the show. I don't really have a Patreon or anything like that. But participation on the social media is always really important. Uh, Liking the photos and things like that, which most of you guys are great about, and I appreciate that. And then also reviews on Apple Podcasts. And you can actually rate shows on Spotify now, which is really Really cool. So anything like that uh, to rate the show, review the show, share it with friends or loved ones or anybody that you know that you think might be interested. Anything like that is the biggest way that you can support the show. But like I said, nothing monetary, just a few minutes of your time and it really goes a long way. I appreciate so much all the support that we've gotten so far. It is really awesome the tremendous support that you guys have. And I just wanted to reiterate for those who are wondering what you can do to support the show. Okay, so now that all of those announcements are out of the way, once again, thank you to everybody who's been supporting the show. 
Without further ado, let's get into going into a liquor store blind. What do I mean by that? I found myself in this situation a few times, and so I thought it could be a useful episode. Especially when you're getting into collecting, you might find yourself going into a liquor store and you know that you want to get a new whiskey for your collection, but you don't really go in with a plan. You don't really think, you know, sometimes you go to the liquor store and you're like, oh, I want this specific whiskey. But sometimes you're just like, well, I have time to run into the liquor store real quick and I have been wanting a new whiskey. So let's just go in and and hopefully we'll find one that's going to suit my collection. And that can be a little bit intimidating, not in terms of like anxiety or anything but just intimidating in terms of you don't want to make the wrong decision. And I found myself there before. And then you're kind of lingering around the liquor store and you're like, I don't know which one of these I want to get. And I found myself in that situation a handful of times. And so I have thought about it a good amount, especially while I'm at the liquor store. Like, what could I have done to make this easier? And I have a few tips that I think could be really helpful for that situation. And most importantly, could help you to buy the most effective bottle of whiskey for what it is that you're looking for rather than just buying anything because I've also been there before where I buy something and I leave and I'm like why did I even spend my money on this I should have waited and found something that I really wanted or something that would suit the collection a little bit better and so I did come up with some tips and I personally utilize these tips like I said they've just kind of been rattling around in my head because I kind of need to use them on my own whenever I stop by the liquor store and don't have a plan so So to get things started, the first question that I would ask myself if I went into a liquor store blind would be, what do I want to use it for? And I'm going to ask a similar question later, but this version of what do you want to use it for more means, am I looking for something that I'm going to mix or am I looking for something that I'm going to drink straight? Am I looking for something that's just going to get added to my collection and then drank straight? Something like that. Having an idea of what the goal is can really narrow things down. For example, if I'm mixing, I'm probably not going to spend a ton of time looking for the right whiskey. Whereas if I'm drinking it straight, then I'm going to spend some more time, especially if I'm you know, adding it to my collection. Or maybe it's I'm drinking it straight like with somebody. Like I know that somebody's coming over who likes whiskey and I want to have whiskey there for them. Something like that. Um, so knowing the purpose can really uh, narrow that down a bit. Like I said, if it's for mixing, then it might be really quick. It might be like... I have no idea. I'm just going to pick a cheap one or it could be, hey, I've heard of this one, so I'm going to pick that. Something like that. So that is the most general tip that I can give. Now, the next tip would be, I think a little bit obvious, but it's worth mentioning. And that's just having a short list, a short list of whiskeys and it's important. I call it the short list on purpose because for a while I just had a super long list and that's about the equivalent of walking into a liquor store blind. You're like, well, I have 40 to choose from on my list, so which one am I even going to pick? So a short list is a little bit better, and you can keep it and keep updating it. So you can put, like, let's say five whiskeys on a list, and you can either do this on your phone or just have it mentally. Maybe it's, like, your top three that you want right now. And keep it mentally, but I recommend putting it somewhere that it's written down, like on a phone. And then you can keep updating it. You can look at it, like, once a week and be like, do I still really want to try that one, or did I just see a really cool ad for it, and now I don't want it anymore? Stuff like that, and, and then updating that list. And then that really, really narrows it down when you go into the store. And I personally, I don't put anything, like, super rare on my short list because... 
typically if there's something really rare, I already know that I'm going to want it if I find it. And then also, if you're going into a liquor store blind and it's something super rare, there's a good chance that the liquor store is not going to have it. So I keep a short list of slightly common things that I really want. A good example is right now I don't have any Elijah Craig, and I know that I want Elijah Craig. I also talk a lot about Maker's Mark 46, and I haven't had that for a while, so like that's also on my short list. Things like that um, that you think will be pretty easy to find can be good whiskeys to have in mind when you go into the liquor store blind. But I feel like that's pretty obvious, and I feel like a lot of people have a, a list. Even if it's not short, they have a list in mind or on their phone already. So I want to talk more about you're in there and you're totally blind. Like maybe there's nothing that you really are dying to buy yet. Maybe you have a list, but you're like, well, I don't really want to buy any of these right now. Maybe I want to veer off course, buy something that's not according to plan. Just see what the liquor store has and come up with something. And I find myself in that situation. Like I said, I, I do this a lot, as you are probably going to realize over the course of this episode. Because you, sometimes you get a list and you look at it so many times that you're like, man, now I don't even really want this as much anymore. So then you're sitting there and you're like, I don't really want anything on this list too much. I'm not as interested in it, at least in this very moment. So now what am I going to buy? I don't want to just waste my money on something. So one thing that I always look for are something that's just unique. Maybe I haven't seen it at other liquor stores. I haven't noticed it before. Or with that unique, I would also say local, something that's local that you haven't really seen before, maybe you don't see often, or maybe it's just so local that you're like, wow, I really want to try that. For example, um, you know, I'm from Ohio, the northeast kind of part of Ohio, and uh, there are a couple different Cleveland bourbons that sometimes if I can't think of anything to buy, those are on my short list of maybe I should just buy those. They're not something that I really want to do a review of for the show. They're not super widespread because they're local. And so I think, well, if I don't know what I want to get, maybe those are one of the things that I'll get local things or unique things. Maybe it's just got a cool label on it or something. And the thing with the cool label is then it's on your shelf if you're adding it to your collection. And at least it's a conversation piece, even if you don't like it very much. But there are more specific tips that I think really serve your collection better. Or if you're not collecting, really serve the purpose of your hobby of whiskey drinking a little bit better. And what I mean is, even if you don't have a collection on your wall, maybe you buy one nice bottle, you drink that bottle, and then you buy a different nice bottle. That's totally okay, because that's what I did for the longest time. And you can still benefit your experience with a few different tips that I have. The first tip that I have for this is understanding your favorite palate. This comes in handy in a lot of situations, not just at the liquor store blind, but also being at the bar blind. And if you want a glass of whiskey at the bar, usually your options are a lot more limited than a liquor store. So this is very helpful to understand what type of palate you prefer. I actually just recently posted a TikTok about um, how you can think a whiskey is a good whiskey but not like the way that it tastes. And what I mean by that is there can be a whiskey that is a really good whiskey, but it's not your palate. And so understanding your palate can help you to pick out a whiskey that you're going to enjoy. I know personally, I really like weeded bourbons if I'm looking in the bourbon category. I don't have more specific tastes in scotch or in Irish quite yet because I haven't tried enough of a variety yet. So I know going into the liquor store, if I want to try something new, then maybe I need to develop the, the scotch or the Irish. But if I want to try something that's tried and true, but maybe I haven't had this specific brand before, okay, I'll look for a weeded bourbon. That's the type of thing that you can do 
so that you can get something that's going to satisfy you or going to help you learn more about your palate. So that's kind of the two routes that you can take is either satisfying the palate that you know you have and you know you enjoy or expanding the palate. And that's my next tip is understanding the palates that you have already had and more importantly, understanding the palates that you have not already had. So maybe you know for sure you like weeded bourbons like me, but you haven't really had a high rye bourbon. Or maybe you know that you like bourbon and you really want to expand your palate to all categories, but you know that Irish is something you've had the least of or specifically like single pot still Irish. Then you can expand that category by buying something from that category. This applies really well for finishes as well, which we talked about in the last episode or two episodes ago rather. I I talked about finishes and how you can have different types of barrels or casks that you finish your whiskey in. And this can be really helpful, especially in the Scotch and Irish whiskey category, because they're both made with mostly barley. Like most of the time it's just barley, especially, you know, single malts are just malted barley. So what are you going to get that's going to be different? It's not like bourbon where you can have wheat or rye. Well, you can have a different finish. And so understanding the finishes that you've had and which ones you've liked and which ones you just haven't even had yet can also help to expand that horizon for you. A really good one for people utilizing this tip, especially those who prefer bourbon, is to try a finished bourbon. I talk about that sometimes because finished bourbon is technically different from bourbon. It's technically not a bourbon. It's a bourbon that has been finished and then becomes some weird thing that we just call whiskey. But they're mostly referred to as finished bourbons nowadays. And if you have tried bourbon and you like the base notes that bourbon has, but you want a little bit something extra, try a finished bourbon because that's going to add a little bit something extra to those general bourbon notes. So as I mentioned, just to kind of wrap up that section, what's really important is to understand what you have and have not had That way you can decide, do I want to have the thing that I know I'm going to like, or at least I expect I'm going to like, or do I want to try something completely new? Just to put it all into one list, a few of the dials that you can turn to try new things or to compare to similar things would be the type of whiskey, meaning the nationality like bourbon or just general American whiskey or Irish whiskey, Scotch whiskey, Canadian whiskey, Japanese whiskey, just the general nation that the whiskey comes from. Or rye whiskey, that's another one that's not really specific to a nation. The finish, as I mentioned, different barrel finishes. You can have sherry finishes, wine finishes, wood finishes, all sorts of things. Use bourbon barrel finishes. Understanding which of those finishes you want to try or you have had or you haven't had can be important. The more specific type of whiskey, so not just the nation but within the nation. So like you're talking, if you're talking scotch, you've got blended scotches. You've also got single malt scotches. If you're talking Irish, there's just any generic Irish whiskey. There's single pot still Irish whiskey. There's pot still Irish whiskey, which is ever so slightly different. Understanding which types you have or have not had and want to try. In America, you've got rye, obviously, you've got bourbon, you've got weeded bourbon, you've got high rye bourbon. There are different things that you can do, like Tennessee whiskey is a little bit more specific. Some people argue it's not even a bourbon, and they have to charcoal filter the whiskey, and so that gives it some different flavors, different smoothness, a little bit different of an experience. Another dial that you can turn is the strength. Have you only pretty much had 80 proof? Do you want to try kicking it up a notch, or do you know for sure that anything over 100 proof you're not going to like that's going to narrow it down a little bit as well 
And then also, you've got specific regions. Kentucky bourbon is a thing, but also Tennessee whiskey. And then also, there are bourbons in all other states, pretty much, because there are so many craft distilleries nowadays. You probably can't find a bourbon from every state at your local liquor store, but you can probably find some bourbons that are not from Kentucky or Tennessee. Also, regions in Scotland. Scotland is really, really big on the regions. I mentioned that, and I go through them pretty in-depth in the episode about Scotch whiskey. And there are all kinds of regions that you can determine whether or not you like one over the other because they all have their own kind of flair to them. Another one that's pretty specific to scotch is whether you like your scotch peated or not peated or whether you've never tried peated scotch before and you want to try that. Uh, That's a very unique flavor, so I would recommend that if you're in the liquor store and you're feeling a little bit adventurous and you want to try something new. So those are all things that you can keep in mind, and you can figure them out about the whiskey by looking at the label and reading it, and most likely they'll have something like that advertised on there. But you can even take it a step further if you're still not 100% sure, or maybe you're like, well, I've tried most of those. I, I don't think that that is the specific answer for me. What you could do in this situation, and you can do this even before you get to the liquor store, is think of a way that you could use this whiskey you're about to buy to develop your palate or in a little bit less complex of a term, just for a fun little experiment. A great example of this is if you want to compare, for example, two regions of Scotland, and you know that you have a scotch at home that's a Speyside scotch. Then it's like, well, maybe I should get a similar scotch to that one that I have at home, and you can even read the label of it at the liquor store and be like, okay, I want one that's similar to this. And then you can try them side by side, but if they're from different regions, you can get an idea for the difference that you're going to get there. This is a little bit specific because you can't just put a Highland Scotch next to a Speyside Scotch and be like, oh, this is how all Highland Scotches are different from all Speyside Scotches. But you can get an idea. And you can use this for all sorts of different things. A really good one for people who like bourbon is comparing how high rye bourbon tastes different from weeded bourbon. Because they both taste like bourbon, but they both taste different. And that is really neat to try out. Going back to the barrel finishes, you can do the kind of the same thing. If you know you've had a finished bourbon that's finished in this type of barrel, you could try a finished bourbon that's finished in a different type of barrel. The, the same goes for Irish whiskey and Scotch whiskey because finishing is so much more common over there. So you can really get creative with that. And if you know you've got one that's finished this way, try one that's finished this way. Similarly, same thing in America. If you do a lot of bourbons, you could try an American whiskey. And a lot of times if it's just called an American whiskey, it's because it's got something just a little bit different from a bourbon, something that you just aren't allowed to do according to the bourbon rules. And you can probably read the bottle and figure out what that thing is, and then you can compare it. And there are, as you imagine infinite combinations of ways that you can do this. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do. Starting off with the basics, I always recommend to start with a wider spread and then get narrower and narrower. So start off with bourbon versus scotch if you're new to this, and then do scotch versus scotch, you know, different regions, or maybe do different types of bourbon and get more and more specific. And that is going to help refine your palate probably more than most things that you can do to refine your palate. This helps me the absolute most. Like I've always mentioned, it's my favorite trick for developing your palate is comparing two things and if you can get those two things to be pretty similar with one distinction one really obvious distinction then that is the best way to absolutely do it but 
Sometimes that's difficult, and you can just get two things that are kind of vaguely similar and kind of vaguely different, and you can really develop your palate with those types of tricks. I mentioned that I actually learned that trick from cigars because I started developing my cigar palate by trying cigars side by side that were extremely different, and that was the moment that cigars changed for me, that cigars did not just taste like cigars. They tasted like all these different flavor notes that I was trying to pick out. And that is a really cool experience to have, and I think it helps most people who really haven't gotten it yet, who really hasn't clicked for yet. And they're like, whiskey still just kind of tastes like whiskey. Yes, I've had a bourbon, and yes, I've had a scotch, but they both still just kind of taste the same. Trying them side by side is the best way for whiskey to no longer taste like whiskey. And you can see that in the episode where we do that. It's one of the earliest episodes of the show, and I have my guest Bryce on the show. And he, at that time, was extremely new to whiskey, like extremely new. And so he tried it, and he really enjoyed it, surprisingly, and he was shocked by that. He enjoyed trying. We did Tullamore Dew versus Russell's Reserve 10-year. So you've got a pretty normal Irish whiskey versus a pretty normal bourbon. And you can really see drastic differences there. That, as I said, is to this day my favorite trick for developing your palate. I think it is the absolute best way to develop your palate. So understanding what you've had or what you currently have at home and can compare to is really important if that's the kind of experience that you want to go for. Otherwise, just understanding what you like is really important because maybe you're like, I just want to get one that I'm going to take home and I know I'm going to enjoy. And then you want to get something that you know is from the palate group that you typically like. And so that is probably the most helpful thing when you're going into a store blind. But as I mentioned, you can narrow it down right off the bat with, in general, what do I want to do with this? And another thing is maybe you want to do something really specific with it. Maybe you want to make an old-fashioned with it or something like that. You can Google the best whiskeys for old fashions, and then you're going to get a bazillion results, and you can narrow it down to one of the types of whiskey that you know you like. Maybe somebody recommends a weeded bourbon, and you're like, boom, okay, I know I like weeded bourbons. Having an understanding for what the goal is and what you want to get from that bottle of whiskey is the most important thing. And maybe you don't have a goal, but you can pretty quickly decide do I want to go for something that I think I'm most likely going to like, or do I want to go for something that I have no idea what I'm going to think about it and I want to have a new experience? That's something that you can pretty much make as a snap decision. And if you do that, you're already going to narrow it down. But the most important part that brings all of that together is knowing what you have had and what you currently have and what you liked and what you didn't like or what you don't know if you're going to like. Knowing those categories is very important. I know that I like this. I know that I don't like this. I know that I don't know whether or not I'm going to like this. Those are the categories you want to nail down. So if you have that in mind walking into the liquor store, I think you're most likely going to be able to pick something out that is going to serve your purpose. It's going to either expand your knowledge into the hobby or it's going to just be something that you most likely enjoy. At the very worst case, you try something that you're like, I love this category, I should love this whiskey, and you hate that whiskey. That's the worst case. You hate to see it, but at least you know, hey, I love weeded bourbons, but I really hate this weeded bourbon. And that can be really important because at least moving forward, you know you're not going to fall for that. So no matter what, utilizing these tips, you should learn something walking out of the liquor store, and hopefully you'll be happy 
with your purchase. But those are my tips for going into the liquor store blind because there's nothing worse than going into the liquor store blind thinking, I'm going to treat myself to a bottle of whiskey and then getting home and thinking, why did I buy that? That is not even going to serve any purpose. I absolutely hate it. I've done it myself. I'm not shaming anybody who's doing it right now because we've all been there. (laughs) It's just a part of the hobby making that impulse buy. I think that's a part of any hobby is making impulse buys. And so you want to avoid it as much as you can. So hopefully you got some value from those tips and you'll have to let me know if you utilize them. Shoot me a message and say, hey, I tried this and it either worked out great or didn't at all. And I will happily respond to those messages. But those are my best tips for going into the liquor store blind. That's all that I have for the episode today. So as always, I will leave you with learn to drink, drink to learn. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, It only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list I will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol